0: Hockey season is coming up, and that means new merch over at rdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great 22-23 hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey coming up by getting a new look to wear on game days. Or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make
1: them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at rdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink in November.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Two Minutes Roughing. Uh, I am, of course, your host, uh, seemingly every week, uh, the Miley Rando. I am joined this week, though, by uh, again, two guests, of course, one from last week, but we have a new face here in the third spot, uh, Mark, and of course, uh, Christian Gardecki. I mean, uh, Chris, it's been a while uh, since you've been on the show. If, uh, I want to say. Too much, right? Yeah, October. Two I months? Think.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. it's been two months. Yeah.
2: So I was away for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so I had to fill in. <laughs>
2: Yeah. But uh,
0: let's just, I guess, go, go and get straight into it. Uh, right now, uh, we are. Re- I, let me actually put a disclaimer first before we really start. Uh, this is being recorded on Tuesday before this drops on Thursday. Uh, it just so happens if you didn't happen to catch. Uh, Talking miners, uh, I am going to be away by the time this is posted. You should have an idea where I am, but I'm saving the surprise uh, for non co-hosts on that. Uh, but yes, so uh, things will be. Uh, this will be a little outdated, possibly, if anything happens to come out. Uh, fingers crossed it doesn't. Uh, but anyway, with, with our luck, it probably will be. Oh yeah, there, there's going to be some miners so, tomorrow. Yeah.
1: Something crazy is going to happen on Wednesday, and if it happens on Wednesday, you can mark this. Down that I said something crazy was going to happen before it happened.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Predictions. What's, what's going to happen tomorrow? That's going to just like go insane. I'm going to say that the Rivermen officially announced they're moving to Bloomington.
2: <laughs> I'm thinking Baton Rouge gets uh, fully announced. Like they actually. Oh, well, yeah, no. Like, that, that,
1: that would be Thursday. That would have to be Thursday, true, actually. True, true, yeah. true. But. I think mine is Barry comes out of the blue again and announced another team. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, okay, it's finally going to happen Morgan
0: County Celebration Arena. That's finally like that's been like my dream uh, Fed Market right there. Boom. Look it up folks if you Frick haven't it. heard of the Celebration Arena in Morgan County, Alabama.
2: Frick it. Owen Center to the Fed.
0: Oh, that still, would
2: be a mess. No, that would still draw more than a couple teams. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, what uh, so, <laughs> <One of ten. laughs> oh that's uh that's that's a little harsh anyway i I, love curtis i love watertown
1: you guys ah,
0: anyway let us go ahead and go in and talk about the fed while we're here um some teams uh well we have some things to talk about one of course Marky brought it up a little bit Baton rouge of course had their first game it was the word and it's the word i always screw up Exhibition, I think I got it right for the first time. You got it right. You got it. You got it. Uh, Yeah, let's go. I can say basic words. (laughs) Uh, But uh, they went in uh, and they had a heck of a crowd, if I say so myself. I believe they – did they officially say they sold out? Uh, I was unsure about that part. It was
1: 62. And remember, the max seats they have is uh, 7,000. Okay. Yeah, that's – 62, 6. 50, 59
0: 62, Yeah, so 51. I mean about uh, just about three thousand I mean excuse me about uh six point three thousand people that is not bad at all. Um so and
1: by the way, and not many people know this, but I did see them on the stream. They were Fed officials at the game. Don was there, Sarge were, was there as well. Yeah, happy birthday to Sarge, belatedly, whose birthday is today we're recording today. <laughs> but Don and Sarge were are, were there. Yeah, that that I
0: mean that was that you know, that was a crowd like even for just but basically a, a meaningless game uh between Carolina and Mississippi, uh, that was a very important thing to kind of have the crowd there. And I think yeah. you know, that's just kind of a sign that again, if, if these next two games follow through, which they seem to be following the Mississippi path where you have two great crowds and then maybe you sell out your last one, uh that's gonna be a big yeah. one. And and I, that makes me wonder again. As I famously said to many people before it actually happened, uh, you have to wonder if they announced the, the team if they're happy with the first two crowds uh, at the third game. So, Well, remember,
1: Barry, Barry said they wanted to get 5,000 a game, and that's the number that would officially get them a Fed team. Now, remember, they are on the Fed website, and I have some doubts, too. I think it's only just because of the, the exhibition game, but if you look at how it was all set up, I don't know if, Ray, you, got, you caught a chance to see, like, the setup there? Yes, yes.
0: Well, I was going to talk about that in just a second, but if you yeah. want to go ahead. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, no. Go, go, no. Continue your tangent, then we'll get to that.
0: Okay. No, no, no. Actually, I think it's kind of important you bring it up because you, you kind of have some experience with this. Uh, if you did see the stream, you would notice that the dashers and, and boards and such, uh, it was a bit odd in, in Baton Rouge. Um, for example, they,
1: they were taller.
0: they will taller. Um, there was no dividing wall between the two benches. Uh, no glass at the benches um and it, it was there was no there was no like singular bench. it was just a row of folding chairs uh in the uh bench area and uh, there was no like it was there you couldn't really t- hop over the wall either if you're a player you just kind of had to go through the gate, which part of me suspects we'll probably see some modifications between now and the next game, which I think is the January uh that's i thought they had well, two they, the they have the,
1: well they have thursday but then they have january second yeah yeah uh G- january third january fourth one of the oh wait, no it's year. january fifth january fifth
0: yep. okay so the next okay oh yeah so i see yeah miss well, oh Jerry. God. no no Jerry 2nd,
2: Jerry 2nd. january second january second
1: january second i was right oh, yeah
2: but wait hang on no, but so you have so to remember
1: is, yeah but you have to remember they're holding they are holding uh, public skate every day from Friday until January second.
2: So, also, I want to point this out. I'm looking at the uh, Ticketmaster. Lower Bowl is completely sold out for the next two, for the next two games.
0: And now, correct me if I'm wrong. The estimated, uh, at least we don't know the official number because we just get an overall number of the seats in the building. But the Lower Bowl is expected. I think we we kind of estimated about three thousand people there. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: And then, then they have the middle the middle five sections in both basically almost upper. all gone. Yeah. So Yeah, so
0: that's that's about five thousand. And that, that's about right two thousand
1: Yeah, so they're 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 golden. Now I will say about how I feel like look, I, I, I have watched what I say because obviously I'm someone who, who has a had a connect still has a connection with the team, but and I you know I may want to work in this league again, who knows? But I will say I think it's just temporary what they have set up. Now, if you saw the penalty boxes, they were really small. They were, there was no glass dividing it from the fans as well. So the fans were basically talking to the players the whole time. um, One, they went to the box. And when there was a, now at one point, I think they put them into one box, which is the box on the Carolina side. I think because of the fight at the end, they decided, all right, we'll just open up both boxes again. So they decided that the boards yes they're taller but i'm i was really and another thing too is they only they have like two video boards in the corners they're kind of smallish and in those video boards they had were um were, were the scoreboard and didn't have a buzzer they had to manually play a horn for a buzzer at the end of the periods cuz the arena is going to get i think it's a couple million dollars worth of renovations before next season for a new basketball court because they're trying to get a, a G-League team there and um, a new ice uh, floor, like the cover of the ice, and they're trying to get a new video board. Wow. Yeah, so it,
0: it, it's an inter- it, it definitely growing pains uh, compared to uh, Mississippi when you look at these three games uh, that are, you know, of course – uh, neutral side, very important, you know, games when it comes to that.
1: I will say, I think there is there was more sponsors in the boards from, from Baton Rouge than there were at Mississippi last season.
0: Yeah, and uh, no um, questionable jerseys <laughs> this time around also. No, uh,
1: <laughs> not yet. Not yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. but uh, moving on, uh, so uh, let's just kind of break down now into the teams itself. Uh, Columbus. Um, cool. an
2: interesting. Well, that was a weird weekend. week. It was yeah, a weird it was week. A, it was yeah.
1: They lost. They they won. They won Friday, and now keep in mind, Jay Group wasn't playing. Boom Boom wasn't there. Boom Boom was attending his daughter's graduation. So you have Jay on the bench and no Boom. Friday you win. You play really well. Get up to a hot start. Saturday, now I didn't catch any of the Saturday games. I was I forget. Oh, I was at Heisman Awards. I was at the Heisman yeah.
0: Awards. I was. Oh yeah yeah um, yeah. Which was yep. Yeah. Which, by the way, I didn't get to say congratulations on getting to a, Thank you. a 10. And you uh, even got some questions, and I was a little surprised about that.
1: I, I, I did. Yeah, I got to ask uh, Max Duggan a question, uh, Caleb Williams, couple of CJ Stroud. Anyway, back back to the Fed. The Fed's more important right now. I'm joking. Of course it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to be that. So you're going to have an unhappy quiet DM from someone. I know who that's going to be. <laughs> no, well, because – all right, anyway – they didn't play well Friday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday with yeah. Huron, yeah. and it shows how good Matt Graham is. I, I I'm, I've always been a big Matt Graham guy. Dalton J. Him too. So that that's a crew right there that's really good. So Columbus, that's only their second loss in regulation this year. Who have the two losses come from this year? Port Huron and Mississippi, fourth and fifth respectively in the in the different division in the division.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: cool. Columbus is. I, I would not say that there's a weak spot in the dragon because no. again, circumstances uh, apply.
1: Here. Oh, did you see the fight in the in the crowd? Oh yeah, that was All fun. Right. Apparently, it was it was it was Greco's. It was uh, Michael Greco's father. Oh wow, that's so what that... that's what uh, our Columbus source told us.
0: Oh, anyway, but um, now speaking of another team that kind of uh, a bit of a hole like literally all the top of the connell teams kind of didn't have a great weekend motor city uh two two l's in a row it looks like maybe it, they're they're starting to come to a halt when it comes to uh, at I least on a hot streak
1: they only have four defensemen they only have four defensemen this weekend they they put a couple forwards at defense von klausten was suspended i don't think he made the trip and Babin wasn't – and I love Trevor Babin. We've had him before. great guy. He wasn't 100%. I think he would be first to tell you he wasn't 100%. And he made some big saves no matter what. He wasn't 100% on, on Friday. He was better on Saturday. And, but you're running into that juggernaut that we'll talk about in a
2: little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if it was against, like, a lower team or something, I would have been a little worried, but –
1: Like Mississippi? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but Danbury – Oh, Mississippi's playing better. Yeah, but – uh like Mercy lost two games to Danbury. I'm not gonna like hold that over their head, especially given the circumstances, it seems like. So hmm. yeah. and also it was at Danbury, it looks like as well. Yes, that, it that was, was right.
1: Which it, which which you guys know is the hardest place to play in the Fed, in my opinion. I'm I'm a biased. Uh, I don't I know.
2: Columbus is, and
0: Mississippi are starting to climb up that, that ladder. I, I, I would almost like Columbus.
1: But, is but not when you walk either. in this, when, you, when you walk in and section one oh two is young, you go to every corner. Come on.
0: Oh yeah, but that's just Section One Hundred Two. You got to worry about the rest of the building also. But anyway,
1: moving on. Well, well the re- uh, I'll shout shout out to the Animal House over in Section Two Hundred. <laughs> Ron and his crew—they're loud. They're on top of players.
0: Well, that, that's also true. Um, Carolina, not exactly a super great weekend. Uh, only nearly, basically won a, a, a take for attack game by one goal against Mississippi, and then had Mississippi. What well, did, did you yes, see how that ended?
1: Did you see how Thursday's game ended?
0: Well, yeah, the fight on uh, Thursday, yeah.
1: Well, no, Thursday. No, with the how, with the overtime. Do you see how that ended? Uh, yeah, it now, was. A fight. Granted, it, no. Or am no, I, am no, I screwing no. up something? Screw- it was a granted. You know, it was an exhibition game, but right. Garrett Rutledge decided to pull the goalie in overtime.
2: Right.
0: Right. And, oh, no, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'll let, Chris, I'll let you tell me. Missi-
1: and Mississippi scored on a. They won an icing race and they scored on the empty net. Now I'll say this. Again, wow. Exhibition yeah. game, good, good to try shit out, right? So I don't blame him for that. Just, um B- that, Billy Billy signed that, in that, still... was done it before.
0: Yeah. So. But that that is that's still a wild thing to try. Like, even though this the game was meaningless and it shouldn't have,
1: that was a really stupid choice. Yeah. Um and then Friday, Friday, they yeah. do you they came back with 13 seconds left to win it.
0: Yeah. But, but still, it's just like, you know, still, I mean, look, the, the, Mississippi, Mississippi definitely at this point, we are starting to see some changes uh, from this team. I don't is think anyone this to is right fight. in. Yeah. Um, so I guess re- just real quick, I know I, I, I'm still getting a little heat from my Carolina comments, but definitely not a great weekend uh, for them. And uh, they're, you know, they're upcoming and, and playing. They're playing Port, uh, no, excuse me, not Port Huron, but they're playing Motor City, who could possibly be looking uh for some revenge and they have some floor game? in and Detroit
1: yep that's yeah. in Detroit
0: oh yeah both of these uh these weekend yeah, yeah that's to so. be a tough
1: one because because I mean obviously uh we, we've talked about you guys have talked about the attendance things in other city but that place gets loud even with 800 people there
2: yeah well it's a it's an Owen Center effect and what I mean by that like yeah it's the size of the building you don't need that many people to make it loud
1: yeah no I know so yeah. I, I think Carolina should get at least a point or or two or three. We'll see how they do they're only playing two right is that only a two game oh uh, yes yeah, so that's only yeah. two playing two games so they they should have a chance to possibly do something but we'll see
0: yes uh so uh now I'll talk about Port Huron who uh, again we did we kind of mentioned it um on uh on Saturday. Uh, managed to go and have Columbus come in uh, for their one game this weekend and slay the dragon somehow. Of yeah. course, circumstances aside, uh, when it comes to coaching, that's still a big win for this Port Huron team, and I think yeah. it was kind of a needed one.
1: Yeah, yeah. For I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: just again, a seven-three victory. That's kind of a, <laughs> a big deal. And when sco- it comes
1: scoring to that. that many goals on, on on Bailey too, like come on, yeah.
0: So I, I guess my question is: is I know me and Mark when we did our like kind of our Fed preview for the Continental Division, we both were kind of I did very. The oh yes, Christian, I'm So sorry, I, I just ah, I'm thinking about so many different things. But yes, uh,
1: you you were anti Carolina, I was pro Carolina, I guess.
0: Right, but we, when we talked about Port Huron, we were both kind of coming to the same conclusion. Uh, that this was going to be a weak year for Port Huron, uh looking at the they roster at the time. Yeah, we, really we definitely. Yeah, K- K- uh, Port Huron, definitely a, a team that uh, taking advantage of what, what they have. I mean, look, they're tied for third right now with Carolina. Uh They're yeah, they're kind of ten points out of second, but they're not exactly in the world's worst position to be in. And, and, and I think ten I, points
1: are easy to get, especially when you play. When, yeah. you have, when you have the three point system and you play three games this weekend,
2: but that is also fair, very true. Port Huron has also played two more games than Carolina. That, that is that also true. true. Yeah, but two that, that's that's two why players. Carolina's ahead right now because Carolina has played two less games, have ten more wins, or um, two yes. more wins. Uh, so speaking of wins and teams that who, who finally needed
0: one, uh, Mississippi. We'll kind of talk about them, even though we talked about them a little bit already. Um, definitely seeing a lot of improvement. Uh, a team that is, I think, finally kind of matching the energy that's been needed in the Fed besides yeah. just good old-fashioned beat them up, but, you know, you have very little defense. Um, I guess right now there is the question. Again, Mississippi is in one of the worst positions you can be there in the best division in the Fed. I think we'll all agree on that. And they are right now at the moment, uh, I think... Uh, so yeah, sixteen points. No, not not even that. Seventeen. Okay. yeah, 16. sixteen. Uh, my mental math uh, not great right at the
1: moment, but sixteen points out of third and fourth. Yeah, yeah. So and you have to keep in mind they're playing two two more games than everybody. Port Huron's playing one more, and Carolina's playing one more game than everybody because of the Baton Rouge games.
0: Yes. So some things you you got to keep in mind, but we're coming up really close to the midpoint of the season. Uh, 17 ga- games played so far. I believe this is going to be
1: a 56-game game season. season yeah. So 23 yeah. games to the halfway point.
0: Yeah, so we're about five games away from Mississippi. couple more weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can we – do you guys see that this team could pull themselves out of the hole or do you think they've already created too big of a hole that they cannot uh, get out of it?
2: I think they may be playing better, but I can't see them jumping pork here on Carolina just because those two teams are still much better than Mississippi.
1: I just, well, I just, Right now, I don't see them passing them, but I think in the future, you could. I mean, with what Joe Pace has done, not only on the ice, but off the ice, making different player decisions, you know, you have a team that still has the veterans, you know, him, Barr, and and Carrancy, but f- Friday night, Pace didn't play himself which is which you never really see Joe Pace never play himself. And to make that decision, and now to play these guys, these young guys, you, you bring in the Dakota owners in from, from Port Huron. Ian Wallace comes in to be your goaltender with Blake Weirich. It's really impressive to see what he's been able to do to change the culture there. And they've made trades. They've traded guys away. They no longer have any of the Connecticut natives on their team who were brought over by the previous regime. So – to have us, and they've been without some players in the last couple of games due to injury. And they're getting their the, who was their leading scorer, but prior to um pace taking over, Chris Hunt back from injury this week.
0: Yeah, look, Mississippi again, uh, in my opinion, with uh, the question I asked, I think that they can pull themselves out, out of the hole. I think right now, if you look at where possibly, uh, say that there's SPHL cuts again we're starting to see that more now where there's call-ups. And so people are coming either down or they're coming up. We're starting to see uh, these, you know, people coming down. And so, of course, if there's ever an injury in the NHL, stuff like that, bumps happen, or people go up or people go down. So I think Mississippi is right now in a really prime position. Again, uh, they have good housing. They have good everything. They're in a good location. Uh, I know I know for a fact a lot of the players are
1: taking advantage of the location. <laughs> So I'm I'm I, very sure that Matt, that a guy like Matt Carancy, who I I could probably ask right now, hey, what are you doing in your free time? And he'll probably say over by the beach. Uh, yeah, it's either on the beach or it's fishing. That's my that's
0: the two answers I've heard. <laughs> and, and I know <laughs> so, he
1: likes fishing too.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh, I think if January time, I think we could see some names go to Mississippi uh, compared to yeah. say what we normally see in a Columbus or a Carolina for a
1: lot of SPHL
0: names. I like well they already got fed. Cody
1: Karpinski, so, and yeah, while well while while Cody was was signed again by your Huntsville Havoc again, yes. Hunter, Hunter Vorva just got called up to, mm. to uh Calmazoo, to the zoo yeah, like that. So you know Karpinski's a guy who's gonna be up and down with Huntsville and Mississippi, and I think that could be big for them because that's a proven fed goaltender, right there.
0: Yeah, it just as, as again. I think we're going to see some bigger, maybe SPHL names that, who are kind of the border guys uh, constantly go down to Mississippi compared to
1: Columbus or Carolina now. Or, or right. Danbury. I mean, I know Danbury just got somebody which we'll talk about in just a minute.
0: Yes. So let's just go and talk about Danbury. Uh, so first off, uh, Daniel Ansberry, uh he uh, decided to uh, go boxing ring. Literally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Literal boxing ring. Did, did, yeah. you, did you even see the fight? Did you see uh, No, the fight?
0: I, I, I did not pay for the uh, pay per
1: well no, you, you probably could have saw it on Twitter after because it was only a 10-second oh. fight. Oh no, yeah. did he did he like uh TKO somebody? He knocked out he knocked out a guy in ten seconds. Wow. Jesus. Daniel very knocked out this dude from Pittsburgh who said he was six six foot tall, uh what do you say two thirty-five, which he looked like he was probably six foot tall, three fifty-five. So Amesbury gets in the ring with this guy, and Ryan Whitney's in the call too, and he's like this guy can take punches. He plays hockey, and he comes in, gets a couple in the in the midsection. One, two, three, knock him out. in, I think it was about twelve seconds. the guy, The guy he fought, and his name was uh, Abel. He the guy he fought. He comes in after, and says the ref stopped it too early because I got right back up. I counted. The guy the guy was down on the floor for thirteen seconds, and <laughs> yeah, he said he got right up. Bro. You were out. <laughs> yeah. He was out. That, you should, you should, yeah. I, I, I'll send you the video. It's a it's a great video, and Amesbury challenged the heavyweight champion after. And then oh. the next night, Saturday night, he gets into a to a fight off the face-off with Elias Thompson and beats Elias Thompson up. Then his first shift out of the penalty box, takes out Danny vanderweel puck pops out to Ruiz, and Johnny Ruiz scores. Amesbury gets his first assist and first point in the eight years.
0: <laughs> uh, don't you just... Uh, and he
1: fought Thompson again. So he so he had three fights in a matter of 24 hours and one wasn't in, in the rink.
0: Oh, uh, that, that's crazy. But Danbury... But this has seems good. Uh, yes, but Danbury has be- seemingly become uh, the giant compared to Columbus. Um, I mean, Danbury is only... Even though they're 15-1-1, one one, they have only... The only difference between them and Columbus is, say, uh, about uh, 0. Uh, .020 uh, winning percentage. I mean, yeah. can, Mark, I know we kind of talked about this last week, but I want to have Chris here because, of course, not just the Danbury bias a little bit. But yeah. uh, uh, I guess, can, can, you know, looking again at this weekend, can, I think we can officially say Danbury has jumped Columbus as the best team in the Fed.
1: Mm, well mm. if you look at what happened last week, and I want to say yes, of course, and everybody's gonna be pissed off if I said I wouldn't, but if look at how they played last Saturday, yeah, they didn't play well, but they played way better this weekend against the and compared to Columbus. I think they're still both probably tied for first. I didn't do a power rankings the last two weeks. I've been busy with finals. I think they're still tied for first, in my opinion.
2: So no, I, yeah, I can't I, say Danbury Brady jumped Columbus. I just I, I say they're
1: even again. I, I say they're even – maybe Danbury has a higher because – but, like, you look at their scoring. Coming into the year, who did you expect to get all the scoring for Danbury? Ruiz, Bunnell, Jesso. Yes, Gesso leads the team in points at 26, and he's only playing home games and day trips. <laughs> he's only playing home games and quick day trips to Elmira and Binghamton. Then you got the rookies. Brendan Sheehan has 17 points. Kuzi's been there. He's got 15 Luke Richards had a hot start. He's got six goals and in, in 14 points. Evan Lugo, Michael Marjorie Sands come on. He's got nine goals in 12 and 12 games since come, since joining from Binghamton. Uh actually he's got nine goals in nine games with Damery. My my my, my correction. Yeah. So you you pick up these guys and they have a young defensive core. You know, they they don't they didn't bring back anybody defensively. The only person who's played in Damury before defensively, they brought in was uh was, was Kyle Gonzalez, who played all last year in Birmingham? And he played part of the first year for the hat Yeah.
0: So there's
1: only just completely new defensive. And then Brian Wilson's been the best goal in the league, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, Danbury, if they have put themselves a, a heck of a team together uh, there. I, I guess the question and having is having Billy now,
1: back in charge, too. Having yeah. Billy that that, that was big. Is
0: big. Yeah. So I guess the question is now is this sustainable? I think that's the big question yes. for everybody.
1: We we've seen other years where this team has had gotten off to a really good start, but remember, year one they had a slow start and they really picked it up. Yeah, year two last year, really good start slowed it down. I think this is the year where they are good 150 percent through the whole time, and they could really make a run. Now we've only seen very little bit of this core group in the playoffs. You know, Ruiz, Banel, and a couple others. We've only seen a very little bit in the playoffs. You know, I think they can make a run. And if the playoffs are what they expect, I expect it to be one versus four in each division. They should be able to get out of the first round, get out of the second round, and then get to the third and get to the finals, I think.
0: Yeah, I I think, again, my question is sustainability. Right now, I'm seeing no cracks uh, when it comes to that.
1: But they're getting call-ups, though. And they've already lost Johnny Johnny McDonald up to, to Roanoke. They lost um, lost a couple of guys before the season started. They also lost uh, what's the guy's name, Xavier Abdella. He just got called up to somebody. Uh, it doesn't say who in the Fed site anymore, but he just got called up. And then um, and then they also lost Stephen Letter earlier in the year, and he's up in Pensacola and probably for the rest of the year. Yeah, but they didn't pick up Riley Robertson, who was a big defensive piece um, with. Watertown last year and also split the year with with Knoxville and Watertown. Okay,
0: so Danbury, great team, but there's another team that's seemingly sneaking up behind them. This is a team that uh, had a bit of up and down beginning to start, but uh, Binghamton, four-game winning streak, of course, to be fair, they have been playing Delaware, but still a team that is uh, surprisingly hot. Um, I mean, we're starting to see probably coming up soon a uh, you know some big you know determining moments to see if maybe Binghamton can hop over uh you know uh the Danbury I, <laughs> I don't know said Delaware
1: they play until February are
0: uh, you talking about uh, Danbury and uh,
1: Binghamton yeah Danbury but, and uh, and, but yeah, I think yeah, I, I think it's, more, it's just
0: yeah it's just more of a you know you can, can outlast yeah. each other when it comes but to it's the also street.
1: become it, it, it's become – and also Binghamton has two games in uh, – Dan Murray has two games in hand to them. But it's also become such a big rivalry where the fans hate each other now. Section 102 says the next time – the next time uh, Binghamton comes down after all the, the crap they pulled last time that they're going to bring in, like, OG Section 102, like, body bag Section 102. Oh, so, like, no. That's
0: going to be a disaster. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a rumor. I, I oh. cannot confirm um, – I believe it. <laughs> I cannot confirm, but I, but I did hear – I did see someone threaten a Binghamton fan saying that OZ Section 1-2 would come back, which which uh, the only thing I'd be happy for is they bring back the horn, Hell's Horn, where they, do, they just blare it during a timeout, and the Binghamton team just can't even talk to each other during the timeout. I'd love to, I'd love to see that again. And <laughs> yeah. they, did it, they did it last year, but
2: – I have something to say with horns, by the way. When we get to the SBHL, I'll, I'll have something to say.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Anyway – uh,
0: Watertown um eh. they I, I
2: think that's the best way they're they're yeah. there I guess.
1: Yeah, they're, I, I, they're that, getting better and they're making changes.
0: Yeah, I think Watertown is definitely this is both a blessing and a curse. Uh a, a very weak empire division when we talk about these next two teams. I guess let's just go and bunch them together cuz they're both about the same at this point. Um Elmira and Delaware I mean, Elmira, they're they're definitely making changes. That's a positive. Delaware.
1: eh, Well, there's a huge question looming over Elmira after last week, and there's been a lot of rumors about number 13, Parker Moskill. He he didn't play in the game on Sunday. Now, I know he got hurt, but I've been hearing rumblings, and, and it's been in our group the rumblings about maybe he is not going to be there much longer. And, I, again, rumblings, I don't know anything. Don't blame me. I'm just hearing what I hear. So I, I'd, I'd like the guy to stay there because I think he, he's such a good part of that team. But also, if he wants to go somewhere to win, I, you have to respect that.
0: Yeah. I think I, and you also kind of have that problem, I think, with some players in Delaware right now. 12-game losing streak. Um <sighs> it, it, yeah, I mean look, you have to
1: you have to give him credit yeah. though marker and and this he, he did was very honest like hey I've only played two games I haven't played a lot we're gonna be better once I'm hundred percent once once he's ready and and I think Ryan Marker will be a huge factor to this team when he starts playing more and you know what I think he's a great player and I've mentioned it before really like the guy and I think once he's the Ryan Marker, we know, and he will be because he's only played two games. He will be, then hey, they're going to be good. Yeah, but I think, I think Delaware
0: also, uh, I, 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 without going into specifics, I feel like that team is not 100% like morally, also. Like, you, you just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, there's so much you could talk about with that. I just, I just yeah. To yeah, I just don't yeah. want to risk it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I will say this I'm sorry, but I think I'm, I can't see a situation where Delaware makes the playoffs now.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah,
0: they are the their thing way too much at all. One of them yeah. Too. yeah. I mean, look, you, 17 uh, compared to four when looking at Elmira and Delaware. I mean, it, even with a three point system, unless Elmira like literally goes like does a nosedive, uh, yeah, I can't see it. Although,
2: to be fair, you were saying Mississippi might have a little bit of a shot, but uh, their gap between fifth and fourth is bigger.
0: Yeah. Okay, anyway, let's start talking about the SPHL. Uh since this team is first in the standings, Mark, we get to talk about your favorite topic. Uh seemingly making another comeback. Uh so yesterday, the Peoria Journal Star uh dropped an article about the uh, situation between the Rivermen uh, and uh the uh um, yeah, Peoria Civic Center. Uh we talked about the, this of course last week cuz an interview came out between the on the radio, radio I believe, between arena management and just you know talking about kind of the situation that caused a bit of a fervor um with the petition and such now there's the i mark you, you can correct I, me. I think i need nothing. to take the
2: lead on this one because
0: yeah well i i don't was there anything from that meeting because i've seen nothing about that nothing
2: meeting. that came out specifically <laughs> yeah. but with the report okay you and i talked about this the period city council which by the way has somebody who is a former Riverman on it, uh, Dennis Seer, former NHLer. Um, from what their comments are saying now, of course, that doesn't mean results will happen. But from what their comments are saying, they are not exactly happy with the potential, with the idea of Riverman not being around anymore. They are not happy. But- is that include
1: yeah. the ex-NHLer guy?
2: Yes, that's Sear. That's Wow, Dennis here. Yep, Frank, <laughs> that,
1: so he he is he agrees with them. Okay, wow,
2: that's wild. Well, here, well, here's of course he's going to no, no, he agrees with the riverman. He agrees. With oh, that, okay, like, okay, no, well, no, I, yeah. I like the the way city way Council, it seems to be like pro riverman because they know like they are not happy with the idea of the riverman leaving. Okay, and, okay, cool. Yeah, okay, no, because, no,
0: I'm gonna yeah. if I say something real quick. The, I think it was best said in the article by Sear himself you're you are losing a downtown Peoria institution uh yes. and and you are killing the idea of people coming into your downtown when you do not have an athletics team uh, at least uh, I think besides I have the Bradley. Chiefs they have, they they, have yeah, yeah they have the
2: Bradley Braves uh, men's basketball team and they had the Peoria Chiefs uh, minor league baseball team that's it there was a point a few years ago like I I say it two decades ago say, turn of the millennium. You had Peoria baseball that was winning titles, that won a title. You had pure Riverman who had just come off of Kelly Cup. You had the Bradley Braves who were always drawing great crowds. And you also had the Peoria Pirates who were a really dominant team back in the late 90s and early 2000s in the AF2. The AF2, right? yeah Yep. And you the Pirates, arena football has been long – Unfortunately dead in Peoria about 15 years now. I remember going to one Pirates game like during the last season, it was so bad. Um and now you're potentially leaving out the rivermen who helped open the building like they are our original tenant in that in this building. And I I just and here's the thing it all stems from new management in the civic center. Back in 2019, they got new management, and their entire philosophy for the building changed. It was different than what, any what other one. What is
1: it? do they want more? So what it is? So what it
2: is? So to explain, the Civic Center has always been a loss leader, and they've always been yeah. okay with that. They've always been okay with the Civic Center being a loss leader because it brings still brings events to the people in this area. But now, this current regime is focusing a lot more. Than ever, I'm making it a prof, like making it a profit. And there's even in the article, even the city council members aren't that happy with that idea because they don't like the idea of the city center just being there for profit. They want it for the community. And the, it's, I don't know this. I think it's I, there's. I don't want it to get ugly, but I had this feeling in my gut that it's going to get ugly before this is all said and done. It's going to get yeah, real now, ugly.
0: If I, if I insert myself here again, just for the idea uh, for the armchair economic uh, people who might be thinking, Oh, well, it's a loss leader. That's a big deal. You know, for the city, it's more about the general idea of having these events real quick. Because
2: uh, I, oh, I want to, hold on. I want to point something out here. Cause Typically tenants, and this is even including Bradley, do not bring in, like, so regular tenants, they don't bring in as much people as, say, a concert, if you would have a concert on that night. That's the, and that's what the Civic Center has been leaning more and more towards lately, because they want to be a profit, so they they don't want, I honestly, with this train of thought, I'm absolutely saying that I'm not even sure Bradley's going to be safe even like 10 years down the line. And I can't believe I'm saying that because it really feels like they're playing favorites with Bradley sometimes, but if they focus more and more on profit, they probably don't want to care about having a tenant. Yeah.
1: And, again, yeah.
2: I don't think they realize that that would hurt their reputation. That would hurt how people see them. Like guys, I already know my own family, including myself and a lot of others who will likely not go to the civic center ever again. If, the Rivermen are gone.
0: And yeah. then, again, to kind of get back to my point for the, for the armchair economic uh, people, I mean, the, the basically, these cities build these arenas and then purposely try to surround it. Again, a, a perfect example of this is the Von Braun Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Von Braun Center is technically on the edge of downtown, If you if you have a general idea. But what happens is people often park right by. They go get dinner. And are they go out and go get something nearby? It's about bringing money into the local area, even if you have a lost leader, uh, say such as the civic center. Yes, that. that, And right now, what we are seeing, I think, is an arena mansion. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This entire board uh, is elected by the city council. You can correct me on that, right? I could not tell you yes or no. Okay. Yeah, I think I believe so. Chris is saying so. So, at at least for this scenario, uh, yes. At this point, I have to wonder if this fight gets so ugly, and I'm I, as someone who read the article I talked about yesterday on Talking Miners as of date of recording. Um, I believe 100% if there's not something by New Year's where there's some kind of more positive news, I think the city council is going to get involved. I think they're going to go in, and I think they're going to try every trick in the book to try and get the, force this board uh, to uh, give a lease to the Rivermen. And I would not be surprised if it is more a riverman friendly lease compared to normal. Would you Would you agree with that? That I mean, me, I feel Mark, like it's Arch. almost
2: too optimistic. Just be, at least in the time frame. At least in the time frame. Right. That I, I was too optimistic in the time frame, and maybe even too optimistic in the result. But I do see a, a likely scenario where the city council is going to force the civic center's hand.
0: Now, I think the question is from there. Do we do we see now again? Technically, the, the from my again I, I, with how things are in Alabama it could be completely different. in Illinois, um, usually the, these civic boards are basically answer to the city council. Is it equal there, or is it about the same? Is it like the Alabama system?
2: So you're saying like the city? So the arena boards to the city council?
0: Uh, d- does the board, is it, is the board technically like its own thing with just appointments or is it, d- or does
2: that board answer to the city council? I think it's more of its own thing, but it's also like slightly connected. Cause I do think it, it's a little weird. It, it's connected, but not connected. It, okay. There's there. I forget what exactly the type of thing it is, but I know the civic center is kind of ran by the city, but okay. yeah. a lot of things are still separate. Yeah, but so.
0: yeah, it's just it's it's a scenario where I think, and I hate saying this, I like I've been kind of saying I think I I, I do I do think that at this point, I think the Rivermen are going to be temporarily going away at this point. I, I think it's inevitable because I think I think that relationship with the Civic Center and the Rivermen is basically gone after this. Uh, because <laughs> again, that, that, I mean, that, that, the comments in that interview that that like. I, I have, I have, you know, been kind of staying out of talking to to Riverman people because I don't want to possibly cause any issues uh, with this lease, and I, that, that's on purpose. So I've been going off my own, uh, just seeing of everything. But I mean, that relationship has to be gone after the comments that were made, and especially in this article. I mean, they basically yeah. said like the, the team is useless, and if you just which, read which I
1: which I hate because. Because and again, for me, an outsider here, this is a te- this is a team that has meant so much to so many people in that city for how long? What, th- 40, forty years, years. over yeah. forty years. Forty years since since the Prancers, wherever they were called.
2: Yep, and so, actually, you know what? Even I'll even go another decade back. There's been hockey but it, but in it, the city, but in that since arena, seventy two.
1: But I mean, in that arena, and yeah. what it's meant to so many people, and you know, like you and. Um, it's just, it's pretty, it's not good. And it's not, it's hard because I've never experienced something like this. I've experienced losing teams. You know, I've experienced losing teams in Danbury at least, you know, four times, not Bridgeport yet, although, but I I should, I should not refrain to talk about that. But still, um, it's still, it's just hard because. There are a lot of people who care for that team. And I've seen different markets lose their teams and they'd be upset. And I know people, even in Danbury, even a bunch of places who won't go back to their arena because of what happened. I mean, look at Danville. I mean, look at Danville. There are people who won't go to the Vermilion County Bowcats game because of what happened with, with the exodus of, of the Danville Dashers.
2: You, you know, what? I'm going to say this. I haven't been. This feels like the Civic Center is taking a playbook from the Blues about from a job about a decade ago, and I'm sure yeah. you two have heard me talk about that situation.
1: Yep,
2: where the Blues screwed over the fans and even the arena at that time. They screwed the Rivermen, and that's what led the Rivermen to the SPHL to begin with. But now it seems like the Civic Center is doing the same thing. I know it's a different board. Nice. I know it's a different people running it, so that's partially why. But it it just makes me that much more volatilely angry because I've seen this play out before and I know the result of what happened then and I really do not want to see what the result of what would happen now. Because yes. I genuinely, I'm, I know I'm not even the angriest. I'm nowhere close. I know there's a lot of other Rivermen fans who are are completely have their blood boiled by this? I genuinely, I'm scared. I'm scared of what will happen if the Rivermen are forced out.
0: Okay, so I guess I, I have to be the one to ask the question. Then, if you say that, do you believe things that will, will get violent between people if that does happen?
2: I would like to think not. I would like to think not. How about that? I, I, Ooh. I cannot. How about this? I say that because I can't predict people. I can't predict what would happen in terms of that.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I mean, if, w- if, w- if, if, yeah, I mean, if if the
1: havoc, W L W L, no, <laughs>
0: but I mean, I, I I mean, I can't I can't imagine my reaction if the VBC did something like this. I mean, the havoc, even though a much younger team compared to the Rivermen, uh, they have basically cemented themselves in Huntsville. Uh, I mean, I mean, I already take, had my you know, reaction.
1: I. I already had my reaction to the Sound Tigers changed their name. I, I couldn't believe I, – I don't know what my reaction would be if they lose the team.
2: Here, yeah. Here's the thing. The Rivermen have – and Rivermen are another one of the teams that have cemented themselves in this community. The amount of players that have built their lives here, started families here. The, the amount of players that have grown up with the Rivermen have gone on to play youth hockey, junior hockey, college hockey, and pro hockey even. The yeah. p- the amount of people who have watched this team fight season and season out for four five decades, going back to period Blaze at the Logan Ice Dome. This it's I I'm gonna say a name that you two may not know, but if Pete bartisbanian was around to see this. He would be probably the he would actually be the angriest person on this earth right now wow and if you don't know who that I, is I, like I, the father of, of peoria hockey not Roman hockey
1: and that's the thing too it's like for me like when when that happened with it when the sound tigers changed their name i knew there were a couple people who would probably be who are you know no longer with us who would probably be not happy about it one guy who was named Uh, oddly enough, Mayor Mike. He was the mayor of Harbor Yard, basically, to all of us, and he probably would have been the same way, so I I kind of understand
2: that statement. That's and it's just a Peoria without the Rivermen is a far less fun city. Yeah,
0: it's just um it's going I, I think i think i think now the question is again we we i, I talked about this with you and, uh, and some other Peoria fans my my i guess my question is now when it comes to the I, I think we all agree there's a very high chance at this point uh the Peoria franchise is, i guess it's what we'll have to call it now uh is moving to bloomington my, I guess the question is, if a, let's say optimistically, if, if could you could this possibly kind of come back into the to the Peoria Civic Center? I think that's the big question for everybody.
2: It's going to come into a head this next in the next year. You're right, I will agree there, but if the Rivermen do move, I don't see a situation, no matter what, that they come back. I, I'm going to be real honest. That's why I think the city council realizes what's happening. Because I don't think they see a situation like that either. I don't see why they would just move it back after that. I genuinely think it, it's either now or never. Hmm. And so we has wow. a choice to make. And that decision, depending, may not be theirs to make either.
0: Yeah. Alright, so on that depressing note, I guess let's just go ahead and start
2: talking about uh, the standings. Of course, Peoria. Um and Peoria is fine, okay. Be fair. Peoria is finally in first place because they are okay. They've they're on they've they're nine on one in their last ten games, but they haven't been able to jump over Evansville because Evansville has played four more games. Like it was because of all the games that Evansville has played, like they haven't been able to jump them until which, this weekend. Which we'll past talk about how,
0: how how Evansville was brought down to second. Peoria did nothing of note. Um yeah, no 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 Peoria no, okay. did nothing of note. Kristen, back uh, the opponent they played Kristen just had a no. Was no I was, was hold not, up, hold
1: you. hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh I was gonna check and tell you the scores real quick, if if, I, if you don't mind. Sure, uh go ahead. hold up. Um here, all right. So let's check in the scores here from this week. Uh, Friday night, the Peoria Rivermen took on the Huntsville huh, Havoc. Huh, huh. the, Sorry, final, score, the final score. Well, the final score was ten to Peori three Riverman. in favor of the Peoria Rivermen. The Peoria Rivermen ten, the Huntsville Havoc three. hang on. Saturday,
2: and I was that, Riverman, Let me take care the of final the final score. All right, you, you go. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? It was a You know what, it was, you know what, Huntsville scored first on Saturday. They scored first. Yeah. But you know what, here's the thing. This Riverman team, you know how many, most of the games that they have played, they weren't the team to score first. The Rivermen have been a comeback team this year. And, uh, yeah, they scored four unanswered goals. And then it it ended up being 4-1, to like pretty late in the third. But then Huntsville looked like they were actually... Coming back because some weak goals uh, made it four to three, but by that point uh, they pulled. The, they pulled Vorva and Mitch McPherson of all people got a hat trick. I like to point out there was no hat trick on the ten to three game the night before, but in the five to three game, Mitch McPherson got a hat trick. Also, I threw a Yoshi on the ice. It was great. You
1: threw a Yoshi on the ice. Dude, none, none of this is
0: Huntsville, none of these these things happened. This is all fake news. None of this ever happened. I am being gashed by two people.
1: Sidetrack, my little brother went to the Bridgeport Islanders teddy bear toss, and they scored so fast that that they weren't even in the building when they scored the goal. Same thing in Binghamton. It it, it It took Binghamton 12 seconds to score in their teddy bear toss.
2: Dang. But yeah, like I yeah I had to like because I was like, sitting in the upper bowl. I like ran down, and one of our friends can attest to this. I literally ran down from the upper bowl to the lower bowl and yeeted the Yoshi onto the ice.
0: That sounds like a boost. Anyway, moving <laughs> you know, on, no, let's no, let's talk no, about it, the Evansville Thunderbolts. It's a punishment for committing tax fraud. Okay, whatever. All right, Evansville Thunderbolts. Um, can I can like we talk them. about a game.
1: I like their team, though. For somebody who doesn't watch the SPHL as much as I do, I like their team. And, you know, yeah, they have a lot of newer players, you know, that we haven't seen a lot of before, but they really restocked their team with, with some of the guys they picked up. You know, you've got a guy like Mike Ferraro. I mean, yeah, 20, 23 points. Um, you know, they're very top-heavy, but they they – they're able
2: to get the job done. Yeah, no, Mike Farrar is a really good. Well, I mean, he's been there though. He's he's been there. He's yeah, gone the he last has year. yes. And but, but yeah, no, he's I, one I, of their top again, And
1: also, their captain is a Danbury hockey alum, might I add? chris Nemanis played for that. Played for the Whalers. True. That's how long he's been playing. Huh. And the goaltending is good there. I mean, when you have a guy like Tre- Trevor Gorish who has. A two point three six goals against average right now, and a nine thirty a ninety three save percentage, kind of nutty. I mean, and his backup Zane Steves is playing pretty well as well.
2: I know the Evansville. I'm not saying Evansville isn't a bad team, and Jeff Best is a pretty decent head coach. Jeff, Jeff
1: Best is one of the best.
2: Um, but they were. But I'll be honest. Given the percentage, they are only in this spot because they played like. Three or f- the four more games than the other teams in like the top yeah. seven. Like they—that's they, they the more only reason. Than everybody, yeah, it, more than
1: everybody.
2: Like their percentage is six hundred. That would be fifth, yeah, in the SPHL, not second. And given how close, I—I I really feel like it's really good to use the percentage right now in the SPHL because there's a lot of closeness in points.
1: Yeah. That's down
0: low. Yes. Anyway, so Evansville. Uh, they are on a two game losing streak. Uh, one that was uh to the Vermillion County Bobcats, who we'll have to talk <laughs> about a little more in a second when we reach them.
2: Uh, yeah, and actually, thanks to that, but it was thanks to that game that Peoria is now first.
0: Yep, all right, anyway. Yeah, uh, not <laughs> Roanoke, um, been no, no, not bad. Uh, they had a pretty good little weekend for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, I think everyone here is a little surprised with how well. Roanoke is doing. Am I the only one especially, on
1: that? Especially, I mean, well, especially with the, like offensively, they bring back a lot of players. Defensively, it's almost completely brand new. And you look at who they have—a bunch of guys who are federally experienced defensively that I know of. And of course, you have you know Rowdy and Goal. You know, while they're they're a pretty veteran team up front, defensively
2: they're young. Yeah, uh, I think I think the Roanoke's players are most weird, experienced though, too.
1: The player with the most experience defensively, and you're going to get a kick out of this, just professionally, defensively, uh, is I think it's Brody Duncan. Because <laughs> Brody Duncan's been playing since 2018 professionally.
2: Dane. Mm. It's, it's a younger... It, so the defense is young, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And pr- stuff, I mean, their goals against is 36. They have the lowest goals against in the league. And... Which is great,
1: and especially when you have a guy like the one name that I look here and I'm really impressed with, and he has a plus six is Brendan Pepe. Not because he played in Dammer last year, but he played ACHA Division One here on Long Island at uh, oh, yeah. at, at Stony Brook.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think Stony Brook's actually game uh, the like NCAA Division One, aren't they soon? Or am I crazy? no, no. Well, no, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking. Of, I'm thinking of a different one. I'm thinking of a different one. I know what I'm thinking. Never mind. Yeah.
0: All right, but speaking on, uh, let's move on to the next team. Uh, Knoxville two game, one streak for themselves. Again, this is a team that I've been kind of hot and cold on definitely uh, seemingly getting hot again. Uh, my, just, I think it's kind of the Danbury question again, can they sustain this? Uh, because they have That's a brand nice. new coach, brand new roster, basically. I mean, and they, they are seemingly doing very well for themselves.
2: Uh, well, both Roanoke and Knoxville, like they got some important wins against teams right next to them. Roanoke took yeah. down Birmingham in their lone game and Knoxville, swept the weekend against Quad City. Uh yeah. Knox, Now that's two huge wins. Like I, I will say this.
1: I'm a huge Clarky guy. I've always been a Clarky guy. He was great to me when he worked for Elmira and he came into Danbury when I was working there. Clarky is a good coach, and I'm happy he's got the success up there. And for him to bring over his guys from the Fed you know the J Max of the world and Jamea and, and a bunch of other guys although Jamea's not there anymore my my correction but the you know the, all the Watertown guys they had last year and to have the success while adding you know keeping some pieces from the prior Knoxville team is very good and I think they can they can sustain it for the rest of the year. Hmm. Mark I they're going to have their hot and cold streaks though and and they're going to have their hot and cold streaks Randall. you you know this they're going to have yeah. They just had it. You know, they just had a, a cold streak, and now
0: they just had a hot
2: streak. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think they're going to be – I think this is about where they'll be this year. But, I mean, it's also – I don't know. Like, it's just a hard to tell right now because SBHL is so close. Like, the top five teams are only four points difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, it's just a really – there's some really good teams in the league this year. The top,
1: the top nine teams are only d- differentiated by uh, seven, seven points.
2: Yeah. It, it, they're all, like, the top nine teams are all 500. So, I mean, all it yeah. takes is a few, like, interesting weekends to take the entire standings up right now. Yeah. It's the – you. if you told me, like, in a few weeks, Roanoke is down where Pensacola is, I maybe would believe you. Not sure if I would, but I mean, it's possible. If you told me Huntsville is going to be where Evansville is, I, I wouldn't be shocked either. Yeah. The whole league right now, even though there is like a general sense of like, okay, this team's a little stronger, this team's a little weaker, but that could change in a flash. Some of these teams could be the next ones fighting for their playoff lives. Like uh, a couple of teams we'll talk about later, or they'll be like up there with like Peoria fighting for the number one seed. It's I I think that's the toughest part right now in this league. I yeah. don't know where I could really place these teams even if I really tried.
0: Well, speaking of teams that may have put found their place, uh Birmingham, um right now they're in fifth. I believe they, they have hit their uh performance ceiling. They seem to be sticking around this area. Um really? I, mean, uh, I think I, I think I think I think five is kind of their ceiling at this point. Which again, that, compared to
2: last you, year, is probably amazing for Bulls fans. You say that, but they're actually third in percentage right now. That's something I mean, to keep in mind.
0: I mean, that's true. They they have only played sixteen games, which uh, besides Macon, is uh, someone the lowest. So yes, I, mean, I, I just I think performance wise, uh, I think they have hit their uh, ceiling.
2: I mean, yeah, I think it'll be like April from third to fifth. Uh, but it's still. Birmingham is still a really good team, Although they did lose this weekend to Roanoke, and that was a big win for Roanoke, but they also did uh, beat Pensacola. Poor Pensacola. Uh, yep. Having a bit of a rough year. But you know who else is having a little bit of a rougher time right now that, uh, that I really expected? Cloud City. Yeah. what
1: What's going on especially there, the team with, Especially the team with a lot of coast guys on that team. Yeah, you, know, you look at the roster, they have a lot of guys who have played in the coast, and it's shocking.
2: I mean, the Martin, I mean issue, remember, yeah. Mark right now seems to be goals. Like they can't get them. Yeah, they have their their goals against pretty decent, forty two. Like through seventeen games, that's pretty good. But their goals forward is only forty seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark, 47.
0: we were literally on here like saying, "Oh, this team's cracked," and, and it's just like they, the game,
2: they cracked. They, they they I don't know what has happened, but in the last ten games, there are four, five, and one.
0: Yeah. I, it's, there's definitely probably a need for some changes to be made if they cannot keep this going. No, I believe that they only played, do they play one game? I believe, or am I,
2: um,
0: they played two. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah, they they played, but, yeah. yeah. So, but still, it, they're not in a great position at this point.
2: It, yeah, I don't, it's just weird to me. They going into this year, they looked really strong and out the first, like few couple few weeks. They looked really strong. I don't know what has changed in that team to have the type of position they have right now, but Kosanowski probably needs to figure it out because this currently this Storm team, as of right now, I don't see making any noise in yeah. the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I I hate it. I hate bringing it up, but. It feels like when it comes to hot seats, this could possibly be one. I mean,
2: you say mm-hmm. that, but Dan Bremner almost lost the job. And now, look, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, hot seats are weird to this league, even they when are. you feel like they maybe should need a different coach. Hell, there's been times in the past that I've told you, Rando, I didn't think Trudel should be coach anymore. Yeah, but I, 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 I thought yeah, about that. I don't there, like more of a GM than a coach, but yeah, I don't know. It, that, I don't see Cross City making that type of change, but there clearly needs to be some sort of, like, morale boost. Something – I feel like there's just something going on in the locker room that needs to change. Yeah. Because something is off, and it's affecting how they're playing, because they should not be where they are right now. They are a much better team. They should, be a, they should be a
1: better team. team. When you have guys who spent half of the last year on the coast, you know, especially, like, a guy like – um, you know, a couple of those guys, it just yeah, it, it's and like tough. I said,
2: last year, if they would have gotten past Peoria, they would have won the cup there, that, that that's how good this team really should be. They should be cup contenders night in and night out, but I, I don't know. I don't know right now that I'm maybe it's just a bad cold streak, but quasi I'm sorry, bud, but yo, well, they've, yo, also, they've
1: also been hurt by injuries. I mean,
2: a lot of have like, like I'm not going to
1: really a couple of their best players. The and they've, had, they, they've had call-ups too. They've had a bunch of call-ups, you know, they just signed Mike Mercurio. They lost, let's see, they lost Susie. They lost, they just picked up Alexis Gerrard too, might I add. So they're, they're making changes, but they lost Susie. They lost Logan Nelson. To, Nelson was a call-up. Susie was an injury. Uh, Billy Jerry was a call-up to Worcester. Um, they just got Marcus Ortiz. They lost Carter Shinkaric and Nick Klischko, both uh to the IR. It,
2: they've yeah, had Bradley Burton that back though for a bit, and they've still yeah. been losing. Yeah, but I, I just yeah.
1: I feel like Quad
0: City, they're they're at a point where they should definitely be a, a lot better, but we're not seeing the results. And that's kind of moving on to the next team, Huntsville. I guess as a fan, mm-hmm. I guess I'll say this before everyone bullies me in this uh in this recording session. Um I again I talked about last week how it feels like we're kinda in the Glenn DeTulio special when it comes to teams not being super hot until Christmas. But this was a little different to me for some reason. Like usually they're hanging around maybe sixth or fifth, and then of course for Huntsville, that's that's unacceptable. But you know, it's just I'm just I I, I I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm I, maybe it might be time to maybe I hate saying it maybe cut some guys. Make in it change
1: early? Make, well, you make know what's it crazy? Early?
0: Like no, 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 no. Okay, I I'm talking about roster. I, I think Lyndon Catullio is still the coach. Uh let him let him i am not gonna I'm not even gonna entertain that possibility, let him have his last season before moving into the front office. But
2: Well you it's know it, crazy it, to me. I went into this weekend thinking, okay, they got my biggest issue was that they got Hunter Vorbeck. back. I thought at that point, oh boy, it's gonna be it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough because I'm, you know, I've, I've been scared of facing before because we didn't face him uh, last time Peoria and Huntsville played when they were in uh, the Von Braun. So I'm thinking, oh, crap. Oh, crap. He, I will say it was, he did not start on Friday. Surprisingly, it was the other guy. um, But he did end up playing, and he didn't look great in that game. He gave up some interesting goals. But the Rivermen were also just attacking and attacking. Like, yeah. it was no, they were I mean, taking chances, any chances they could. Yeah. Um. But then Saturday's game, it was just, it, at first, it wasn't quite the same. It, it was a pretty even game. But the second period was when it all, set, like later in the game, it's just kind of where it all fell apart. Like,
1: when you have those big names, they should be playing well, but they just haven't been.
2: Like I don't remember a time where Peoria has swept the season series against Huntsville. Yeah, because they don't play anymore. I don't think they're done. Yeah, they're, they're, I
0: think I think they are. But but just to, just to kind of say what I kind of uh, a little bit more of what I was saying. Tyler Piencentini, again, captain. I will always 13. have great respect for him. Um, I, I know opposing fans always make fun of his size, but uh, again, he is someone who who has used that for a reason. Oh I no, mean, I saw yeah. his speed. Over. I mean, there's not a reason he was a point per game guy last year, and there's a reason why he's always on the Havoc team, and there's a reason he's always there. Right now, he's still he's he's 13 points for the season, not half bad. But right, he is reaching really quick his like penalty minutes. Like so at, at the moment, looking at just I'm looking at stats when it comes to penalty minutes 2017, 2018, 16 penalty minutes. He already has that right now. And his highest so far was last year. He had 30 penalty minutes. I, I mm. and it's just he's been getting some super bad penalties that he should not be taking. He is. It, it's. I hate saying this because he has been such a vital part of the team. He has basically become a liability on the ice, Ooh.
2: and that is something
0: I, I have not. I have not. Re, I'm not reveling in that fact. Wow. I am not loving saying
2: that. Wow. But wow. of,
0: Yeah, but you you do not. And by some of those uh penalty, you know penalty kill sessions uh power plays for the opposing team uh that has been when uh Huntsville has been losing some of their games yeah i, I actually on that
2: i noticed like they were like near or at the bottom in both power play and penalty yeah. i i was so surprised because, like because like, they've been taking oh, so many
0: stupid penalties i feel like i feel like they, they this team has been going all out and trying to be goons that can score and i'm really hating that like this team has always been almost ECHL light and that's
2: how they that's how they have their success isn't and that they how they always do? Yeah. I mean, that's Peoria too. You know what's but, crazy it, though? Peoria held Piancentini to two shots all weekend. One in Friday's game, wow. one in Saturday's game. I mean, let
0: me you know, I bet you Sai si is a little bit more of a and but you know what's fan, crazy but, though?
2: Yeah, he, he, he did get a goal against the in, in the game in Huntsville. He did get a goal. But yeah, it's just uh I I I well, I'm I'm
0: I'm reaching a point where I I feel like maybe some names could possibly be cut, and I don't think it would be a bad thing. Uh, well, Brandon, here's a
1: question for you. Here's well, a question for you. If you were Glenn and you were to make a call up from somewhere in the Fed, who's the number one FPHL player you would call up to bring some scoring punch to this team? Uh, God, um, we well, just find them? somebody, somebody from who was playing college last year and wants to play pro.
0: I mean, if I kind of had to say it, um, probably Jacob Kelly, something, someone like him.
1: Yeah, gotta, I'm going mean, to
2: really say a different name. Ooh, I'm going to take a name from Beamton, Tyson Kirkby.
1: He's he's shown his SBH show promise, but something happened off the ice.
2: I think I think I I would give him a shot. I would.
0: I'm gonna be ta- I'm gonna make a biased call here. Uh, friend of the show, of course, Brendan O'Reilly in Delaware. I would be <laughs> very interested. No, no, seriously, le- hear me out on, on this. I think he, he could. This actually I love Bubba, really, don't be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me say this. I think he could be an interesting commodity in Huntsville. He is someone who is willing to put him his body, sacrifice his body on ice. I think if you yeah. if you give him almost the I won't say the goon position because he's a fort, but he can and he go in
1: this weekend. Yes,
0: yeah. I think he is someone who can go in. He can take the hits for Tyler inside, so they do not get those stupid penalties that they are liabilities. I will say it again, a liability, and for other forts, if you want to put them on different lines, I think he could come in. I think he could be a big help for Huntsville. I, I that is I, a I name. That that could really be a humongous
1: help. But like, yeah, I'm know really what interested I, about, by you saying I'm, Jacob Kelly. But there's also a couple guys on Carolina, and I don't know if they want to leave Carolina. But there's a couple guys who played for the Kingston Frontenacs there who are one gritty and can score. Justin Pringle and and Lucas Rowe I think should be the next guys called up in my opinion.
2: You know, Huntsville did make a change though this past. The, just yesterday, I believe they had a trade with Peoria.
0: Yes, Casey Kozicki yeah. is a part of the Huntsville Havoc. They uh, traded and, Carter Rue. Uh, I did, I did kind of talked about it uh, with other people. Rue never kind of really got off in Huntsville. And I know he's, this is his rookie year. So, uh, my opinion, I, I, yeah, I don't think okay. it's, I don't think it's like, you know, saying anything. I think it's just a grass screener situation for him. Yeah,
2: And to be fair, Kulczewski has been difficult to get him playing time every once in a while, and he didn't play this weekend. Um, Especially since Riverman has been getting players back from the ECHL lately, which has also been a big part of why they've been getting stronger again because they've been building back up the team. Um, But I will say this. Never give Trudel a rookie if you're a (laughs) opposing team. Because here's the thing. He knows how to make them good.
0: Mm. All right, I Look guess at Marcel can't... Godbout.
2: Look at Marcel Godbout. Look at so many other names from the past. The amount of rookies who have either led the league or led the team in goals or points is quite a number.
0: Hmm. Well,
2: He knows how to develop players.
0: Well, go ahead and let's go ahead and talk about uh, .500 of the team themselves. I mean, Pensacola... Unfortunately, they are not 500 and everything this week. Um, but is this a team that we we are seeing theoretically their ceiling already
2: also? I'm starting to think so. They're, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. They are absolutely fighting for their playoff lives already. Uh, I,
0: I, 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 We'll we will talk about Fayetteville, but I think they're much better than Fayetteville.
1: Are, are they a well, junior Fed team? Because there's a lot of Fed guys in this team. Yeah, I mean, you could say that. That's a possibility. I mean, I mean, yeah, I love I, – I've always been a big Bodnaranko guy. Uh, Addy Mitch Atkins is, is a great guy, and, and he's a good player. You know, he didn't really get a fair shake. I mean, he was the best scorer last year for, for Million County. Now he goes here. You have – you just picked up Steve Leonard. Garrett, I mean, obviously you have Garrett Mylan, which is, you know, the, the, the big name. But you, you need more to really fill out that team. Defensively, if you you know Seth Enster and Preston Cougar are 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 part of your pair, I'm fine with Enster. Cougar. I'm a little worried about.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's I guess that's something you kind of gotta look at. But moving on to another team, I mean Fayetteville, man, like is there a team that has, pro- has probably had one of the biggest drops in the SPHL in res- recent memory? I can't think of one. I
2: mean Cole is almost yeah. just as bad, to be fair, but. Fayetteville God. yeah, I Fayetteville, I don't even know what to do with them at this point. But I mean be fair, they've gotten points in their last three games. They're two on one in their last three games. It's not like they are playing awfully awful right now. Like it probably I don't know, let's see who have they even been oh, they were were they off? Oh no, they played Friday. Yeah. They did play Friday against Bacon and do Other than what that they didn't yeah. play Saturday um but I don't know it's just in a way I guess, currently their pace is all right like they're two like I said they're two on one in their last three the only two teams that have actually gotten points in more games straight is Roanoke and Peoria. yeah so that's something to keep in mind like so I mean if anything I favor is trying right now. I'm not sure if they'll succeed, but they are definitely doing everything they can to get back into a playoff spot. Hmm. And if Pensacola does, if Pensacola falters even a bit, Fayetteville, I think right now could very well snatch the opportunity.
0: All right. Well, speaking of teams that uh, are kind of enjoying opportunities uh Vermilion County, got another win uh, over uh, Evansville. And, they got player of the week, literally just before the show came out. <laughs>
2: uh, Which I, I'm sorry, but that's a little lo- – I'm sorry. I think you were seeing a little bit of the chat. Peoria the bias,
0: place. Peoria bias, Peoria bias. Okay,
2: how does a player with two goals and two assists – like, yeah, that's great, I guess, but there's other players, not even just on Peoria, that had better stats. It, um, feels, really, it feels very much like, oh, really, County didn't do something that made them look awful. Let's reward them.
0: All right, all right, all right. You just, you still hate for Milligan County? That's it.
2: Anyway, no, I'm just being honest.
0: Oh, oh come I on. Anyway, I, I, I look. I, 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 how about I this? I they're, they're not the last place, place anymore. I'll give them that. Mm. They're
2: not the last place.
0: Okay. Anyway, I they're think that, again. I still th- I still think that this team has a real chance of making the playoffs. Uh, everyone can answer really? that. All that. Yes. Really. I I think really? this team. I, I mean, don't they think have
1: some good players.
2: More. I think they their roster. Make- are- but, you know, like they just got rid of roster. Ryback. They just got rid of Aaron Ryback, who was one of the better players. They did get rid of players. Aaron Ryback, yes. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get some of the things they're doing with this team. Maybe, some it's, maybe it's something to do with the new some coach.
1: May, maybe it's something to do with the new coach. And I, you always can can guess that because maybe because the new coach – and they've also made a bunch of additions as of late as Chris Blesius, you know, Roy Canada, Brian Kerrigan. Uh, obviously, Albrecht just came over. Emil Strom has come over. They've they've really redone this roster in in about a week's work.
2: Hmm. And and that's
1: Sam Turner. It's just
2: gonna be. I just I don't know because I feel like they're already kind of into a hole. By the and, way, this team
1: is Binghamton Junior. The amount of former Binghamton Black Bears in this team. <laughs> Take
2: advantage. Like it, I said, I think I think the problem is and they have though, a
1: Rumblebee. Ava Rumblebee. I forgot to mention neighbor
2: Rumblebee. Mm. But yeah, Vermillion County's like, they're already like, they're still, even if they had double the points, they wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. If that makes sense. Mm. So, that's something that I do keep in mind. Like, As much as that may not make too much sense, but where you're only half as good as a team that's not even in the playoffs, standings-wise, mm-hmm. that doesn't typically lead to good things. Especially at this point in the season where if you're going to be a, a playoff team, you're going to likely be recognized at this point. You're going to start because we're going course. into Christmas here in a couple weeks. By this point, it's the ideas of who's who in the league start to form, and Vermillion County and Bacon, I feel like are just going to be those two teams out just out from the from the jump.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of our, our uh, last time, uh, last team really. Uh, Macon, is there anything else really
1: we can say? Uh, only- that's my that's my, that, that's my good friend there. Go Nick Neeter. Yeah, I mean, go I'm, Nick. I, I'm, I I think unfortunately, I'm,
2: I'm sorry, but they got shut out by Pensacola. Oh well, they got yeah, they go got Nick shut Nieder. out by Pensacola to to nothing, and and this again goes back to that point of I feel like these two teams are just kind of too far down the hole at this point. Mm-hmm. Could they turn around? Maybe it's not impossible. How look what happened to the Blues back in 2019 in NHL. But
1: I, I want to see this making team do well. Obviously, as you guys know, my, my relationship with Nick, I've known him for oof, 12 years now. Yikes! Um, and and he coached me and all that stuff. I want to see him do it. I want him to coach a very successful team. And I think he has players. He's building a roster. Where he can get guys to buy into what he's trying to, and they have good players. CJ Hayes is a very good player for the SBA. Show. I mean, the guy spent half of the last year in the coast, so you need the rest of the guys to come together. And I, I'm hoping they finally get clicking. And I hope Nick still um, can can get into them because I know he can. As long as he as long as he doesn't tell the guys, hey, we're not going to have a chance to win this game. Then I'm good. That that's a that's a story that actually happened <laughs> in, in a spring league game that he was coaching. Oh.
2: But I mean I don't know. Macon just seems like I said they've somehow just lost. They're they're now in last place. They got jumped by Vermillion County. No one is a point per game player on that on this team. Uh, Cj Hayes and uh uh Monticello? Monticello? Yeah. both have eleven points. In 14, 15 games, like, that's not too bad, but it's, I don't know. Well, it, it just seems like they are just going to be where they are at at this point. And that's, it, I'm sorry to say that, but it just seems that way. Hmm. Like, yeah.
0: All right. Well, on that note, uh, that has been this week's episode of Two Minutes Roughing. Uh, Chris, let's start off with you. Where can everyone find you?
1: Uh, CAG Hockey on Twitter. I'm done with broadcasting for for the year 2022, unless I get some late late call in from somewhere. Um, if they need like, hey, come on, join us. But uh, make sure you go follow me there. Instagram is my personal. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm the uh, you guys know this, but people know this. I'm actually the uh, radio producer for a national league, a national lacrosse league team.
2: Yes, the New York Riptide. You, you've been growing, cryptide. my boy. You've been growing. Yes. Well, I know, we, they, dude.
1: They, they're a good team, and they just got featured on John Boy. They had a little. Uh, there was a little controversy in that game. Go check out that video, and he'll. I'm uh, just, he'll, I'm he'll just proud of
2: it. of our friend here because he's done a lot in the last few years to get. to yeah, the dude.
1: Dude, and you know what? I, I'll give a lot of credit. I hope they're listening, to the Dan Hatricks organization. Obviously, I worked with the Westerners, and and Rando knows because because I because Rando yeah. went to a game. But, but the the Hatchers organization for me to go there. You know, Casey was there. Casey Bryant, Jack O'Mara, who are both no longer there. But, um, you know, for Herm, for Chris, for for Billy, uh, Billy was great with me. I hope we can get Billy in the show, um, because he's doing a, a rival podcast. He, he probably gets to do ours. Um. So a lot goes to them, and a lot goes to everything I've done here. So shout out to the Hatchers. Hey, if you guys need someone to fill in again, I'm, I'm <laughs> home until I'm home until the 29th. I'm I'm willing to work. Uh, <laughs> take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. And Mark, where can everyone. Find I'm, you? I'm sure. Go. I'm sure. I'm sure. Herm knows. By the way, I'm sure Herm <laughs> knows. <laughs>
0: but Mark, where can everyone send the, the hate mail towards you?
2: Uh oh, oh! Don't worry for all my haters. Uh, currently, I am actually under the weather. That's why I haven't been talking too much this episode, unless like I get brought up because I've been under the weather. Uh, you can find me at Prospector Hockey. That's Prospector H C K Y on Twitter. Hmm.
0: All right, and now, of course, I am the minor hmm. league Rando. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Minor League Rando. Just type it in there; you'll see uh, me pop up. That has been it for this episode. Thank you, everybody. We shall see you next week. Uh, Same time, same place, whenever this drops. So, see you, everybody.
2: Later.